And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. And a good Saturday afternoon or early evening, depending on where you're listening to us here on the BetQL Network. It is Tapped Out down in Miami. He is Brendan Tobin in Kansas City. My name is Sean Levine. No UFC fights tonight. However, Bellator 273 is on tap. We got all kinds of fighting to talk about. Bellator, UFC, some boxing news. And coming up in a little while, we're going to bring on Jim Rodriguez, who covers fighting for ESPN. And he was at the Eagle FC fights last night. Let's go ahead and weigh in from what took place last Saturday night, Brendan. Nganu versus Gone. I had Gone. You had Nganu. However, our producer, Jake, said it was going to be Nganu by decision. A big pat on the back for him. So he's the one that nailed it. How surprised were you looking back a week now that that's the way that fight went down? I mean, shocked would be the, uh, the the appropriate way I would put it, especially, you know, Francis Nganu going and defending his championship, basically grappling. Didn't have that one in the uh, – in the, in the, uh, I, th- I saw that coming for sure. Um, but it was a great job by Francis. You know, he was up against it. He was down two rounds in a lot of people's minds and needed to dig in, find a way. And we find out that he was also doing this on a damaged knee. It was, uh, it was a really gutsy performance from him. Yeah, it sounds like everything was tore. The ACL, the MCL, the PCL, everything had some sort of damage. So what does it mean now? Assuming that Francis Ngannou is going to be out, the timeline looks like it could be nine months to a year. Are we talking about another interim title? And if we are, who are the guys we're talking about? Yeah, I, it's interesting. I mean, he says that this week he's getting surgery, and it's funny that he puts it on the line for March. It happens to be a nine-month surgery, a nine-month recovery, and that puts it in line with his contract expiring in December. So, yeah, I would say very likely we're probably heading towards another interim championship. Will that be one that involves John Jones? That'll be an interesting question because I feel like when John comes back, they want it to be a big deal. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if he gets the nod. I don't know who exactly that opponent will be. Maybe it's Stipe. You know, maybe they give Gon another crack at it. I don't know. But I feel like whatever John's first uh, return fight is in heavyweight, it's definitely going to be with some gold on the line. Remember when John had the interim belt, though, BT, with the whole DC stuff? It felt like, you know, it was a fake belt and I want the real one and all that stuff. Do yep. you think that he would come back knowing that it would kind of not be the real undisputed belt? Um, I think he would. I think he would, especially if, if there's an idea that Francis isn't going to come back, but that is a funny full circle thing that he has to face. You know, DC faced that cloud for so long because John was away and now he's going to be the guy that maybe is the, the face of the heavyweight division and the real champ maybe never comes back. It's, uh, it's very interesting though. Cause you know, Francis said after, after winning that night that he's not even interested in the John Jones fight anymore. Uh, and I think probably this week with seeing what was going down with the money being thrown around in the boxing heavyweight division, that maybe he's probably thinking to himself, yeah, I'm getting out of this sport. I'm going to boxing. So if we're talking belts, Figueredo took the belt back from Moreno last Saturday night. Now we've seen that fight three times. Do we see it a fourth and maybe beyond? That's interesting. I mean, do they want to keep going back to the wall? I feel like they should. I feel like that this these guys are both in this era right now. They're both in their, they're both in their primes. They've both put excellent fights forth. I feel like that it's the only right thing to do. You've gone draw, win, win. Let's, you know, kind of settle the score here with uh, with a fourth fight between them. But I wouldn't be surprised if they go in a newer direction. But it feels like the only thing that would be right would be to get that fourth fight kind of, you know, go full circle on it. What about you? Yeah, I think that's probably – I mean, it's 
it's almost like the the whole Usman Covington thing. Like, who else is there? And if there's not somebody better, let's just keep going. Let's just keep having the same fight. I'll be entertained as long as they have it. I remember telling you last week, I'm down with the seven-game series. So if that's what they got to do, I'm here for it. Lots of other news coming out of the Octagon. UFC 274 has been officially announced. The opponent for Charles Oliveira. I think we all saw this one coming down the pipes. It will be Justin Gaethje coming up on May 7th. No surprise there, right, PT? No, no surprise. I mean, Justin Gaethje definitely deserves a crack at the title. That's a fun matchup. Um, you know, he gets a, he gets another chance. I think that probably Gaethje has a lot of regret for the way the last time went around and his performance against Khabib. And so he's going to get his uh, his next crack again in the Undisputed Gold, much like Dustin Poirier did after losing to uh, Khabib originally. So, you know, maybe it goes better this time around. But again, man, uh, definitely Oliveira's made a believer out of me. So that's a, that's a tough matchup going both ways. But you know Gaethje. I mean, he's uh, he's a bit psychotic. He never seems to go down easy. He's just coming off the consensus fight of the year. Um, you know, he definitely, definitely deserves this shot. I don't think there was any real other choice to go this way. The early odds are out. You can get to Bronx at minus 162. The highlight, Justin Gaethje, the comeback is plus 136. I know the news is hot off the press, but which way are you leaning? Because I kind of think that Gaethje is a bad – not a lot of people are a bad matchup for Oliveira. I feel like Gaethje is one of those guys. What uh, what do you think gives him trouble? Like what what uh, sticks out to you? He was willing to literally stand in a phone booth and just keep punching until something happens. And I feel like sometimes in the case of Dubronx, once he gets you on the ground with that Brazilian jiu-jitsu, people get a little bit scared. We're talking about Justin Gaethje here, world-class wrestler. Yeah, he doesn't use it that often, but it feels like this might be the fight that he does. I just feel like he has the complete set of tools, if you will, if anybody does against Charles Oliveira. Well, I think that's that's impressive with Gaethje. You know, he, I always love guys who hit a rump in their in their career and then are able to make themselves better. And we saw that his kind of first go around with the UFC, where he's losing to Poirier early on, and he came back and made himself a better fighter. You know, maybe the Khabib fight, maybe that loss does make him a better fighter the next time around. But early on, I think I'm going to Bronx. What's kind of interesting is so that's set for May seventh. Canelo almost always fights the weekend of Cinco de Mayo. Let's assume that he does because he always does. Who do you think it's going to be? Charlo? Triple G? Somebody else? Yeah, this is an interesting one because it seemed like it was leaning Charlo. And that, I think, is the one I'm most interested in because I've been waiting for Charlo to get a big fight. Um, I think that that is a, a, a captivating matchup of personalities. Triple G, I don't see that happening just because they, they hate each other like poison. I don't think Canelo wants to give Triple G the fight out of spite. Um, there's been some talk. Is he going to go up and maybe take on a Dimitri Bivol, somebody like that? I think, I think Charlo makes the most sense. I think Al Heyman throws a lot of money at a Canelo fight just to try and make it happen. I think it looks good on him that he has his fighters, uh, you know, going up against the biggest name. I'm glad that this is happening rather than, you know, Canelo going up to light heavyweight to go win a belt against somebody nobody cares about. So I, if I have to, if I had to put odds on it, I would lean the favorite right now being Charlo. That's the thing about the odds, BT, is that I think Canelo's probably a two-to-one favorite against every one of those guys. Which one of those names do you think would give him the best chance? I have to go Triple G just because Triple G has, you know, in a lot of minds beat Canelo. And then even the second fight where I thought Canelo won, it was super close and, and looked great in the comeback. You know, Charlo, I think Charlo definitely was the hot name. He's been having a very soft schedule, though, I would say, uh in his last couple so I, I i worry about that like you know you're kind of it's a lot like caleb plant the last time around like you're really stepping into deep water here against canelo um but he's dynamic like he's got a lot of offensive tools it's just he's gonna go in there with a guy 
who also has a lot of tools coming back his way that I don't think he has faced quite yet. So if we're talking about guys that don't have much of a chance, Dillian White, Tyson Fury is official. Oh. It feels like Tyson Fury like two years ago was just a good boxer that had a good record. And then obviously the Deontay Wilder fights happened and everything since has just completely broke his way. Is, is there any way that Dillian White is the guy to knock him out or at least beat him? It's possible. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna completely rule it out. So confident when you say that it's heavyweight. Like I can't. Like listen, we've seen <laughs> Tyson Fury in the heavyweight division. Like he's been hit and he has been put down by guys. But I think that he is going in here with a guy who's got to get within that reach. You know, can he do a little bit more work to the body than maybe a Deontay Wilder did that would affect him? Maybe make him a little bit sque more squeamish to go inside and lean on him. Maybe I would say that's probably why it becomes a different fight than Deontay Wilder did. I would say he's a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more well-rounded skill set wise, but no, I mean, if I have to, I, I think Tyson Fury is the man right now. I think that he should definitely be favored heavily in this fight. It's a reason why he's the champ is a reason why he's getting the bulk of the money. Um, and I think there's also a reason why his promotion was very furiously trying to get a matchup with Usyk this week and trying to get these contenders to step aside. And instead, you know, he's doing this, you know, this is definitely, this is definitely like uh, the bridesmaid fight. He didn't want this fight. He's just doing it because, Tyson Fury wants to fight. He wants to be active. He doesn't want to be on the sidelines like he was very much for the last couple of years. Well, also, a $30 million payday doesn't hurt guaranteed doesn't money hurt. in the bank. And also, isn't it just like you said? It's, it's a bridesmaid. It's next up. As long as he doesn't lose this, we know it's next, and it's Usyk. Yeah, absolutely. It, it just, you know, listen, he's – but you, you think to some of the fights that he's been in there with, like Otto Wallin, like he had a really nasty cut in that fight. It's boxing. Like, we could always say, hey – it, the odds are very stacked up, but it's still a headbutt. Something happens, and it can cause it. It, it kind of ruins your plans. I think that Anthony Joshua probably thought that when he was taking on Andrew Ruiz. Andrew Ruiz knocked him out. Like it, it, And it's heavyweight boxing, too. Like There legitimately is a puncher's chance. It's a cliche a lot of the times in fight game. It's actually legit in heavyweight boxing. No, when you were talking about it, saying they're heavyweights, I was literally thinking about Ruiz and Joshua and how everything yeah. was lined up until it wasn't. Brendan Tobin's in Miami, Sean Levine in Kansas City. Our producer, Jake, helping out in Philly, tapped out, listening wherever you are on the BetQL Network. We appreciate you. We'll be here for the next couple of hours. How about the Eagle FC show last night? So we had on both Rashad and Gabriel Checo. Rashad ended up winning that fight. I was entertained. I thought that it was fun. It was fun. It was fun seeing Rashad, you know, find a path to victory and just consistently get through with the game plan. Like, and he had a, you know, he, he had to avoid those heel hooks at times, but kept getting to his takedowns, was doing some nice ground and pound. And it's just good. I mean, dude, he hasn't had a win in eight years. That's that's in nine years. I mean, like that you have to feel good for Rashad that a legend gets his hand raised again. Absolutely feel great for him there. Uh, you know, Gabriel Checo. Uh, he, 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 he thought he found like this one path he thought was going to be his path to victory, but Rashad got the better of him. And he looked, uh, he looked really good. All this talk about his revitalized diet and all that type of stuff. I thought that he looked in good shape as far as like physically, he says he wants a little bit more wind. I'd be into, you know, it's definitely would be into watching your Rashad fight in Eagle FC again, for sure. That's a lot of nice stuff you said about that guy. Can you say the same stuff about Tyrone Spong who got knocked out by Karatov last night? Well, this is what I say about Tyrone. Like Tyrone is super, super honest. Like I, I, I really, and I'll say full, full uh, for the audience, full bias. I, I'm like, Tyrone's my boy. I love yeah. Tyrone Spong. Um, and he was completely honest his entire. Like he's like getting back into MMA was hard. I don't know how this is gonna go. Holy crap, Karatinov is big, 
and all of those and and with with Tyron, you, it goes as puncher's chance. You know that he hits harder than some of anybody in the sport, but it's mixed martial arts. And all of a sudden, you trip up and you lose balance on a kick, and Karatinov's on top of you for four minutes, and all of a sudden the round's gone. And then you try that plan the next time around, and oh my god, he's taking me down again, and he's got my arm pinned, and that's it. It's over. It's not kickboxing. It's not boxing. It's 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 got ground game involved, and that's why. It's so much harder, and that's why we can't dismiss these things. And Karatinov is huge. Holy crap, is he big. Jim Rodriguez was at the fights last night. In fact, he's a producer for ESPN and the promotion Eagle FC. He's going to join us coming up in a few minutes here on Tapped Out on the BetQL Network. Did you see that Khabib offered your boy Jake Paul a deal? I did. I did see that. Uh, but I think it wasn't Jake Paul's response, only if I get to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I do. I don't really think that either one of those – well, okay, Khabib's not backing down. I don't think that Jake Paul – you want to talk about not wanting that smoke. Like, it's one thing to pick a fight with the promoter if it's Dana White. It's another thing to pick a fight with the promoter if it's Khabib. But it is interesting because we've talked about at some point you think you're going to see Jake Paul fighting MMA. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the UFC if somebody bucks up and decides to pay that guy. And I'm not saying that there's any real legs to this whole story. What if it's Bellator? What if it's somebody else that says, look, this guy brings eyeballs to our promotion? What if it's a new promotion we don't even know about? I feel like it's going to happen. I don't feel like it's that outlandish of a story. Yeah, uh, Bellator definitely makes a lot of sense because they're a Showtime. He's already worked with them, so that feels like it's an easy transition. PFL said we we definitely have them. They've had Clarissa Shields fight in their promotion, so they're, they're definitely willing to kind of open the door to the newbies. So I think that really everybody who's you know not the UFC would be willing to do it. I think the UFC should be willing to do it. I don't understand why the UFC would shortchange themselves and let the payday go somewhere else or let the pay-per-view buys go somewhere else because they don't want to pay any change because that's what they do. That's been a hot topic of conversation. What's what do you think it's going to take? Like Jake Paul has I haven't checked, but he's got, you know, probably 100 million dollars in his bank account. What can Dana White offer him as far as a check goes that he's actually willing to fight in his octagon? Oh, uh, it's a good question. I don't exactly know. I don't know what what the what the number is for Jake Paul to do it, but if it's a cut of the pay-per-views if he's in there, like it's going to be his biggest pay-per-view draw ever. It's gonna uh, for for Jake Paul, and then for the UFC, I would guess it's gonna be there in line with Conor McGregor with, with Conor McGregor type numbers uh, if he were to fight for their promotion. So I feel like for Jake Paul, I would just keep boxing unless I was gonna jump right to the big thing, and that's kind of what he says. Like I'll fight for Eagle FC if I'm gonna fight Habib. Like then I'll do it because he want if he's gonna do it, do it the to the fullest. We'll talk more about Eagle FC with our guest, Jim Rodriguez. He's a producer for that promotion coming up here in just a couple of minutes. You mentioned Bellator. We got Bellator 273 on tap tonight. Any thoughts on Bader, Moldovsky, or Bendo is back in the main event against Mamedov? Yeah, uh, the thing that I mentioned with, with Bader is he's returned to heavyweight, you know, and he won the belt there three years ago. You know, he went back down to defend at light heavyweight. It's kind of been hard times with him. He's had a couple of bad knockout losses at light heavyweight. And so does he go back here and it, it goes much better for him? Cause his run to heavyweight title was really, really impressive. He was knocking fools out, not the born beta we know about. So that I think is the thing I'm most interested in. How does Ryan Bader look uh, back? Not having to cut any weight. When I was in Miami, I went up to Ryan Bader. I said, what's up champ. This is a couple of years ago. And he said, you mean champ champ. I love Ooh. Ryan Bader. I love me some Ryan Bader. Speaking of Bader, speaking of Bellator, and we'll also talk some boxing coming up on the other side. Jim Rodriguez joins the show. He's a producer for ESPN and Eagle FC, and he gets tapped out right here on the Bet QL Network.